Hey Dragons, welcome to episode, I believe, 36 of the podcast. I'm going to keep this intro short. It is election day when I'm recording this, or I should say election night, and I am uh, a little preoccupied watching the results uh, come up. So, but the show must go on! So, this episode is... Uh, panel episode. It brings back uh, our favorite bloggers, Rachel Bolin and Taylor Ullery. Um, the other bloggers are great too, and they're also my favorites. No one just, nobody freak out about that. Um, but also joining us on this episode are T. Morris and Pip Ballantyne. They are the creators of the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences book series. And it also has a short fiction podcast, Tales from the Archives, um, an award-winning podcast, actually, so everybody check that stuff out. Um, they also do another podcast called The Shared Desk about um, other aspects of writers' lifestyles, so check that stuff out. Anyways, Dragons, um, hope you all voted, and work out Nerd Out. Dragons, here we are, ready to talk about pretty much the only movie that I want to see this November that's not Harry <laughs> Potter related. Uh, but it does involve a wizard, uh, kind of. We are here talking about Doctor Strange, and once again joining us are bloggers Rachel Bolin and Taylor Ullery. How are you guys doing? Hey, Kenny. Taylor, how are you doing? Oop, disconnected for a second. I am doing fantastic. <laughs> and then special guests this week are T. Morris and his lovely wife, Pip. How are you guys doing? Doing great. We're doing fantastic. I can only assume, since you just met my wife, Pip, the only reason why you say that she is oh so lovely is because of this hot accent it's she's an got. Accent. It's a total put on. <laughs> yes. I'm really from Nebraska. There she goes. There <laughs> <you> go. <laughs> and... Mostly just because that's how I introduce everybody's wives. <laughs> He's being gentlemanly. Oh, is right. it? oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Learn a lesson, bro. Learn a lesson. Working <laughs> on it, man. Working on it. One yeah. podcast at a time. <laughs> so um, we all, I already kind of, uh, everyone already knows Rachel and Taylor. So why don't you tell everyone out there a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. Well, uh, my wife, Pip, and I, uh, excuse me, my, my lovely wife, Pip, and I, uh, <laughs> we, we are creators of the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences. It's a, uh, a steampunk series, an award-winning steampunk series. You mean a novel series? It's, it's, well, it's, it's not just books. a novel. It's books. <laughs> uh, it's novels. It's, uh, it's a podcast, uh, short, short fiction, and it's also a, a role-playing game. Yeah. So, uh, we write together and produce the series and, you know, generally turn into creative, crazy people. Yeah. And we also have a podcast together called The Shared Desk where we talk about 
being creative crazy people together and and collaborations we also we also nerd out on there we have a we have a segment called the loot crate looky loo where we look mm-hmm. inside of our loot crate uh we have writers of the clock where we talk about this sort of thing where we're about to talk about what what we're watching on television what we're nerding out with when we're not nerding out with our books and currently we are nerding out with dr strange excellent as have i so start us off what did you like about it what Ooh. What did you know about it before you saw the movie? <laughs> okay, I'll kick that one off. I'm old enough to remember oh, the no. 1978 CBS Doctor Strange, which was it, it left a mark, it left an impression. <laughs> it really did. Um, if you, you need if, to rub some cream into that, yeah, <laughs> it still burns as us. Yeah. Um, if if you if your listeners have not seen it or heard about this. Just look up the stills that exist from the uh, from the 1978 Doctor Strange. It's a, it was the freakiest thing I think I ever saw as a kid. And um, well, it was the 70s. It was it was it was the late <laughs> 70s. We, we we were getting into the disco era. Uh-huh. Um, but but yeah, it was. Uh, so, so I knew about Doctor Strange as a comic book character. I knew the basics, but I actually did go out to our uh, our local comic book shop, which is called Comics and Gaming, and um, I went out there and said. Guys, I want to be ready for the Doctor Strange movie. What can you recommend? So they gave me Doctor Strange, Strange Origins. They gave me Doctor Strange, The Oath. And then they gave me a uh, a prelude, a two-part prelude that Marvel Studios actually released for the movie. Now, that's how I know Doctor Strange. What what about you, Pip? I know uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. And uh, <laughs> there's a cape and uh, magic and, and a fair amount of goatees. <laughs> right. So that was all goatees. I knew. There was a lot of goatees and capes. Oh, and Mods Mickelson. Oh, I also knew Mods Mickelson, wasn't it? Yeah. Hannibal. I'll, I'll but that was, Hannibal. that was that was that that was it. I yeah. was ready to just go with it. On oh, that. oh, you just you just so you came in raw. Yep. All right. Nice. <laughs> Excellent, Rachel. How about you? What did you know about Strange before? Uh, nothing about the same <laughs> that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was Doctor Strange, and that's all. And that uh, Tilda Swinton was a ninja. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Badass ninja. Yes. Taylor, what about you, our comic expert? Uh, I have read Doctor Strange single issues here and there. uh, Published from the 70s on through present day. So my chronological orderness of Doctor Strange probably isn't the best. But uh, I like seeing a lot of nods to the originals all the way up through nowadays. And uh, so I knew that. And then... Pretty much anything animated he's been in. Uh, I was going to the movie on Saturday, and my mom asked, "All right, what do I need to know about this?" I was like, "It's an origin story. You're going to be fine." (laughs) I went in knowing nothing. Um, Never really knew anything about Doctor Strange other than Tilda Swinton's a ninja. (laughs) Uh, So. (laughs) <laughs> bad, correct. Tilda Swinton is a badass ninja, although I will say she was probably one of my two least favorite parts of the movie. Wow. Really? Wow. Oh, this is going to be an interesting podcast then. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But let's start off with Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> hold on, let my dog stop barking. Say, geez, Rachel, you felt that strongly about it. <laughs> Is that a good bark or a bad bark? That was a, that was a good bark. I think Rachel Rachel gave it three barks. <laughs> I, I count at least three barks. Is that right, Rachel? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Rachel, what uh, were your thoughts? What were your thoughts? What were you expecting going in, and what are your thoughts coming out? So I, I did really like it. I think that. I wonder how much people who aren't super into, well, I don't want to say, if you're not a person who watches every Marvel movie that comes out, I wonder how much people liked it, like the casual viewers, um, because, you know, it's a little bit, I don't want to say, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit far out even for a Marvel movie, right? Like, it's about mm-hmm. other dimensions and magic and crap like that, and, you know, maybe maybe some people can, like, go to the theater and buy Iron Man, but I don't know if all of those same people are going to the theater and being like, really? Like Benedict's like acid trip through <laughs> t- you know, time and space. But I did, I did really like it. Um, I, I actually thought maybe it could have been a little longer, like when he's training to be whatever we're calling him, a wizard or whatever he is. I don't know. Um, sorcerer. But, sorcerer, sure. Sorcerer. Sorcerer, sorcerer. Yeah. sorcerer Supreme. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked a little more of that, but I enjoyed it. Oh, see, my... My gut reaction to what you're saying is, from what I heard, a lot of people were really excited about it because it was a Marvel movie that you could go into not having seen any other Marvel movie. That's true. That is true. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And so yeah. It's loosely connected. If you want to go see a trippy, you know, fantasy movie... I mean, this is kind of got it going on. You don't have to know. You don't have to have seen any of the Thors, any of the Captain Americas, any of the Iron Mans. Um, you can start fresh, and so that's that's kind of what I liked about it. Uh, Taylor, what about you, man? Well, and those of you that know my brother Tyler, he's like, "Gosh, another superhero movie? What are you dragging <laughs> me to?" And I was just like, hey, you like Harry Potter. It's not a superhero movie. It's it's just going to be more about the mystical realm of humanity. And um, it, I think what Doctor Strange did for the Marvel movies was what Ant-Man did for the heist movie genre. <laughs> There's yes. kind of an element of superhero-ness, but it's really just about how humans interact with threat and then just kind of what they have, their tools. And then this one happened to be sorcery, magic teleportation, you know, good old action kung fu fighting. I don't know how Benedict Cumberbatch got so good so fast, but, uh, you know, he had some help along the way. So um, I think if you aren't a comic book fan or a Marvel movie fan, it's still just one of those other movies out there that grossed over 300 some odd million worldwide this weekend. So even if it's Titanic, I mean, I'm still going to go see it because everyone else is like, oh, there's something about this movie I want to see. Okay. And T and Pip, my my question is actually not what were your instant reactions, but how did you feel about the time that elapsed? Because both Rachel and Taylor brought this up, that it seemed like his training went by really quick. So how long do we think this entire movie took place? And mm. how like what are your reactions to that? I kind of felt like he was there a couple of months yeah it felt like that but they kind of covered that when he um when he was astral projection reading he was like asleep but studying yeah yeah so i got the and he had a photographic memory and he had a photographic memory so yeah yeah it was kind of a a bit of a stretch that suddenly he was kind of like turning back time um 
but that was uh, but that was his thing. I that mean, was he was he, he was he was a fast study, and even and it's something I've always liked about Marvel scripts. Mm-hmm. Unlike DC scripts, Marvel the Marvel writers really try to cover as many of the loopholes as possible. I mean, even when Wong says to says to Strange, "You finished all those books," yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, can you show me something else?" And even uh, and when Rachel McAdams uh, said in there, "Yeah, you've been gone all this time." I, I'm, when she said you've been gone on this time, I just made the, the the assumption that it was it was anywhere from three to six months. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, what Mods Mickelson's character, which I can't I can't quite pronounce his name, his character's name, but uh, the when, when Mickelson's character, you know, whatever, if he's been trying to unlock the text for all that time, uh, that was sort of a suspension of disbelief. But I thought, you know what, I'm I'm going to roll with it because I'm having far too much fun in this movie. I think he was enjoying <laughs> his new eye makeup. Yeah. <laughs> for a few months. Well, I mean, just enjoying that he, look. He, he's used to the eye makeup. He was the chief in in uh, in Casino Royale. He had the he had the bleeding That's tears. Right. What's up with his eyes? I know, I know, I know. The only but, time the only time he didn't bleed bleed anything was when he was Hannibal. That's right. Yeah, that made other people bleed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, his I just I just looked up his name. It was Casilius. Casilius. There you go. Casilius. Okay, got it. <laughs> it's funny because it has silly in it. Silly, <laughs> silly, silly. Trying to bring on an eternal age of darkness, silly. Yeah, silly man, <laughs> silly, silly man. But no, I no, we uh, uh, we really enjoyed it. I uh, when I when I saw the trailer, I remember leaning over to Pip and saying, "This is going to be Inception as a Marvel superhero movie." Yeah. It felt like one of the shorter movies, though. It did. It felt, it felt, well, like, it felt like, like it went by. Ant Man went by quite quickly yeah. as well. So yeah. maybe they're just trying to have those as a good point for people to come into the Marvel if they if you've missed out on the other. 30 million of them. (laughs) They're like, here, have Ant-Man and Doctor Strange. You can come in. (laughs) So how do we think this fits in with the the other movies? And I don't mean to say that as in, like, story-wise, but I mean, like, Captain America, uh, the first Avenger, was (laughs) a World War II movie. Then you have Ant-Man, which was a heist movie. You have... Um, Thor, which was also somewhat of a fantasy movie, and then you've got also, you know, the big action movies. So does this fit in pretty well with what they're trying to do, a different style of movie with each character? I feel like this this one was, to me, this was an epic fantasy done by Marvel. Uh, and unlike Thor, where they were they were explaining away the magic as actually being a science here we were actually dealing with the mystic arts, and uh, and I and I I felt like that they were handling it extremely well, extremely um, with a lot of intelligence, and uh, and and it was uh, I, I never felt like I was I never felt like it was in a I was in a bad epic science uh, a, a bad epic fantasy movie. I always felt like I was in I, I felt like I was watching Lord of the Rings again. I felt like I was uh, I, I was I was watching Excalibur, really intelligent fantasy. Uh, and it wasn't. I never felt like it was being dumbed down for me. I I I got the challenges of it, and um, and and honestly, between the comic books and between the movies, I like the way they cast the spells better in the movie. Um, they're doing this okay. this thing called um, they're doing this thing called tutting. Uh, and if you haven't seen any of the videos, the 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 process is really yeah. There's a guy on YouTube that they saw and they and they fancied that they were like, oh, that that could be the way he moves his fingers and hands and sort of these 
really articulate and yet precise actions. We want that for the for the magic Very system. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I definitely thought that it was a smart fantasy movie. I didn't think that it was cheesy at all. Um, I, I don't want to. I have a question. I don't want to derail the conversation. But did any of you all see it in three D? <laughs> no, no. And there were part, parts of it where I was like, I would be, might be sick if. <laughs> right. At points. I was, I was wondering that as I was watching it. I watched it in regular, uh, in regular format. But I was wondering in 3D, would this be really cool? Would I be a little sick? Would I need to actually be on LSD to enjoy this? <laughs> Taylor, did you see it in 3D? I did not. All right. Well, I saw it in 3D. And just Marvel is doing a really good job with 3D. Hmm. Mar- like, I, I saw Civil War in 3D, and I thought, it was well, first, it was the first 3D movie I saw that didn't make me sick. <laughs> um, and it didn't, there weren't times where it took me out of the movie. Like, there wasn't that cheesy trope where they have something coming directly at you, you know? That's in most 3D movies. Mm-hmm. But this, I definitely think the 3D added to it. There was a couple times where I got a little dizzy. <laughs> but but nothing too crazy. So I would say if you have the opportunity to see it again in 3D, give it a shot. I, actually I would really, like really to see really it. Liked it. I think I would, yeah. Yeah. I completely believe you. I'm just very anti-3D in general. So I, <laughs> um, but I, I, No, I'm totally with you. I'm usually against 3D. But it's also... I don't know. Marvel's doing it well. Taylor, what about you, man? I know you saw it in 2D, but going back to our previous uh, line of conversation, how'd you feel about the fantasy it fitting into the marvel cinematic universe i think it fits in perfectly it's one of those realms that marvel hadn't touched on previously outside of an animated feature and you take someone from the 1940s uh war era then you go to outer space with the guardians and somehow you're still selling a bunch of movies people are still buying it um (laughs) especially people who know nothing about the comic books they're like that was a good movie i went to get lost in the movie and so they either become fans or they just enjoy it for enjoyment purposes and this was just that next layer of uh, a different type of genre to bring into the fold and when you're bringing in the biggest bad in the next crossover i mean this is what is awesome about the team-ups each one has their own strengths and weaknesses and captain america could probably never cast a spell to save his life and well we know dr strange can't throw a shield to save his life so i mean it's just the best of the team-ups and we're just gonna keep moving forward to a more epic upon epic movie and i'm hoping you know with the infinity stones it's not gonna be too crazy and they get out of hand because i can see that spiraling out of control really quick yeah so i'm glad you brought up the infinity stones is anyone here maybe aside from taylor expert on the infinity stones in the cinematic universe if you're saying are we keeping track of where they're popping up and who's got what i i would say pip and i have been we've, we've been tracking with it since the beginning like yeah, we've seen them all yeah right before i want to say civil war came out there was a eight minute 
Infinity Stone catch-up that just had all the clips <laughs> from all the movies that were talking about the Infinity Stones. So, how many are there total, and how many have we seen? If I remember correctly, there were five. And uh, it, it one, maybe four. I think, I think uh, on the Infinity six. Gauntlet, there are five, or there are four, right? I thought, I thought there were six. There, there are six total, and I think we've only seen four. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So let's let's go through the Tesseract and Loki's thing was one. Right. The purple gemstone in Guardians was two. The red liquid from Thor two was the third one. And then are we saying this one's the fourth one? No, there are five. We've seen five then because the the fourth one was was the stone that was embedded in Vision's forehead. Oh, that's right. You're right. You are absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then we, the and then we have no, 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 no. That's the ones from Loki's staff. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. I take that back. You're right. You're that's, right. Yeah. Supposedly mind. 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 That's right. Something else. So it's mind, time. And I don't know what the purple one is. Uh, ang- angry. I call that the angry stone because everybody blows up when they touch it. <laughs> and then there. <laughs> So, so we got, uh, we got, ang- so I, uh, yeah. Um, oh, oh, you, <laughs> Pip just pointed like, at, the, at the browser going, if only we had access to this, to this magic library. <laughs> but I, I think, think the purple I... one's the power stone. The purple one is the power stone. That sounds right. Um, that, that's, yeah. So where are we going to get the next two? If there's six and we've seen four, I'm, I'm assuming okay. one is going to be Thor Ragnarok. Well, the Guardians green one. Guardians two, maybe. What, what was that, Taylor? Green one's the time stone, so that would make five. So that I think there's only one missing. So yeah, there's the space stone, the reality stone, the power stone, and the mind stone. That's everything we've seen so far. The space stone is the tesseract. The reality stone is called the ether. The power stone is the orb, and the mind stone was Loki's scepter. And now so then we've it. we've seen the time stone, which is the which is uh, the one from uh, uh, from Strange. Okay, so, so we've seen five. So where's hmm, this, yeah. where, What's the last one called? The happy stone. <laughs> I don't. <that's> right. <laughs> so, um, it might it be can reanimate people from the dead. Um, you know, I have a computer here too, but I'm trying my best not to look any. Is it, <laughs> is it the soul stone or something? Oh yeah, the soul stone. That's it. Oh, where's that going to be? But hmm? I didn't know that it resurrected people from the dead. That's interesting. Well, I think uh, I think that might come in Thor Ragnarok because supposedly Thor is supposed to die. Oh, really? Ooh, jeez. <laughs> What's with the bell, man? You've done that twice. Yeah, um, it's a it's a plug bell. Okay. It's a plug. So anytime you you're, you're making a point, like when you know if you want to if you want to find out one of our blogs, you go to tmorris.com, and then you just get the you get the plug bell. So there you go. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> old school podcast. It's a very old school podcasting thing. We're old podcasters. We're old parts of podcasting. <laughs> so. Anything we didn't like about the movie, Rachel? Start with you. Um. So I, I, you have to have more than one female character in the movie, but I kind of felt like poor Rachel McAdams didn't have a lot to do, and <laughs> yeah. um, so I kind of felt like her character was kind of like this throwaway character, and I didn't, 
like there's just really no point in like having the romantic relationship between him and her because it's not really adding to his character development and I mean, I guess we're sort of getting that, okay, he's not being a selfish jerk completely anymore, but you don't really need that to, to see that. So I kind of thought that was a waste of time. Yeah, and I want to say that it was really, they just included her because they needed somebody to fix him up in the hospital. <laughs> mm-hmm. We need a doctor. Yes, that's probably right. And in that case, you can really choose any hospital, and that would have been a perfect cameo for Rosario Dawson. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yes. So, Taylor, what about you, man? Anything you anything uh, you were like, meh, take it or leave it? I liked Mordo's character, and it's weird hearing him being called Master Mordo, because I remember him being Baron Mordo, which just sounded more villainous, but, I mean, you know... Uh, Along with the female characters, I, I kind of agree, especially with the, a lot of the comic books that I read. Clea, um, and I don't remember exactly her relationship with Strange, but she was a sorceress-type person who was always with Strange fighting along the side. And I was like, why not her? Why couldn't another strong female character be kind of fighting with him, against him, something like that, instead of just the ancient one? But uh, personally, what really got to me, my first favorite thing before I get to what I didn't like was Wong. I just, whether it's Mickey yeah. and Rocky or Wong and Doctor Strange, I just love those types of characters and uh, everything that he said and did, I was just like, you go Wong. Like, I'm all about this. <laughs> uh, the only thing I really didn't like was sometimes they flirted with Strange being really narcissistic and all about himself and then other times he was kind of like, oh no, now I'm humble, but nope. Now I'm back again to being egotistical. So for me, it was, I didn't think they found quite that balance in character development I was looking for um, up until the end with the end credit scene, but we can save that for later. Yes, we will save that to later, but we will touch on it. Um, T, Pip, anything you change? Hmm. When I want to be decide that the villain's name, Calicus, 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 Caselius, that's right. Hannibal. I, I felt, <laughs> yeah, Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Um, I felt like his character development, why? I mean, they kind of said, oh, he was a broken man when he arrived, but I didn't get a feeling of why he was, why he was trying to stop death. Why was he trying to have a place where death had no, I just didn't get much of his character motivation, I guess, is, was kind of a weak point for me. Mm-hmm. I, for myself, um, it, it's hard for me to try to find something that I didn't like about this movie. I, I'm actually ranking it. If, if people are asking me, so where would you rank this movie uh, from all the other Marvel movies, you know, the Marvel Studio movies that you've seen? And and honestly, I put it up in the I put it up in the top five. Oh, wow. I, I I really really this movie spoke to me. It, it really really resonated with me. It's because you were a child of the '70s. I was a child of the '70s. <laughs> um, now I, I will say this though, since since we're talking about things that I, what I don't like, what I haven't liked about Doctor Strange, I don't know if you could say this this counts, but I really have I really have not liked the the blowback uh, that that they gave it with uh, with Tilda Swinton being cast as the Ancient One, and I'm I say that because what what people are are, are actually um, missing, and it's it's been touched on by by both Taylor and by Rachel, is that. If they had gone with a a dyed in the wool adaptation of the Marvel comic Doctor Strange, 
with the exception mm-hmm. of Rachel McAdams, it would have been a sausage fest. <laughs> um, and by bringing in Tilda Swinton, by bringing in uh, – oh, I can never get this guy's name right. It's Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor. I think that's how you um, said it. And, 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 and then making – I mean, because here's what they did. They took Tilda Swinton and they brought in a female to play the ancient one. And then they took uh, uh, Cheetwell and they – Chiwetel. Chiwetel. <laughs> they, they got the guy from Serenity. And, uh, and instead of having it be a Romanian dude, they made him a, um, a very dashing – a uh, uh, black gentleman, and then Benedict. Wong, oh, sorry, not Benedict Wong. Just Wong. Wong was supposed to be Doctor Strange's manservant, and they elevated him, and they made him the librarian who took care of all the all the different uh, scriptures. That's a tough job being that. That's librarian. a tough job being a librarian. You can talk about that, uh, right, Pip? Not and, that tough. It's different a library that tough. <laughs> there you go. But the but the thing is, they've actually they actually made the cast of Doctor Strange a lot more diverse, and I don't think people are addressing that. Um, and and but but I would agree that yeah uh, the, the the they they it would have been nice if we had seen more females, but um, I felt that both Tilda Swinton and Rachel McAdams I thought their characters were terrific, and uh, if I remember my 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 lore correctly, um, the character the character of the night nurse which they're setting up Claire to be in the in the uh, the the Marvel Daredevil uh, Luke Cage uh, arc TV yeah the TV the the, the Netflix series. I think they said that that was supposed to be a rotating role, like like more than one person has been the night nurse. So um, having having it, this could really set up Rachel McAdams to be sort of the backup for Claire. If Claire is on is is is, is on call, then Rachel McAdams steps in. Claire and she's, has to sleep sometimes. She's got to sleep sometimes. So, so, so call in Rachel McAdams. You know, um, that. But I really did. I I I really put the, put this one in the top five of my of my favorite Marvel movies. Okay. All right. I like that. Um, I did enjoy it. I thought it was one of the mo more original ones. Like it was, it was more fantasy based and less actiony. I will say. But my issue with Tilda Swinton is I loved, I loved her acting. She did a great job with the character. Um, I felt you could have gotten the same performance out of a ethnic actress. Um, and kept it more, I guess, geographically correct. So that I was, could see that. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was really my only issue with that. Um, and so I guess that's one could argue that that is a very petty reason to have an issue with her as the character. But as you know, um, it's probably just my built-up animosity towards this current election cycle, which by the time this, <laughs> by the time this airs will all be over. Mm. Yes. Yay. None of this will be make any difference. All right. <laughs> but, oh, but the but, thing I liked about Tilda is that she's got that androgynous uh, look. She's played a lot of people on i mean she played um she she, she photographed herself as she bowie. Was bowie she was bowie <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like that aspect of it was made it a little bit edgier than just if they'd stuck some curvy actress of the moment into or, or 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 a very talented asian actress in the role or something mm. along those lines but i will say that yeah that's the thing about tilda swinton is that um when you look at her as the as the uh, as the ancient one and you look at her in some of her past roles she really has not just a talent in, in in expressing herself on the screen, but she's just she's got this talent of 
changing her entire it's hard to believe when you look at the angel and you go that's the weird that's the mm-hmm. weird chick with the bottle glasses from Snowpiercer <laughs> and it's the same one who played she play, she played in uh the aviator yeah like a really famous actress she, so I'm blanking she, on who it was she did a a, sh- uh, a movie called Orlando back yeah. in the 90s and she actually played uh a character that was an immortal and it cha- and she changed sex yeah, every like yeah. hundred years or something, and I mean, she worked it great. But and I, and I thought she was great in the movie. I think she did a phenomenal job. So yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just a Tilda Swinton fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But speaking, I, I wanted to segue into more of uh, the villain, the big bad in this, and not Casilius. Mm-hmm. But um, what was that? I said, "Oh, Domamu, Domando." Whatever his name was. Um, <laughs> the guy with no body. Yeah, I thought the effect was really great and how they portrayed him was really great. But I'm, I've said this before. I get so burnt out with comic book movies where the world is at stake every movie. <laughs> it's it's yeah. why right after Age of Ultron, I loved Ant Man because it was just a dude trying to steal some stuff. <laughs> yes, that was a nice palate cleanser. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was. And then, well, and, and yeah, and you have that in Civil War too. No, the yeah. world wasn't wasn't it uh, wasn't it uh, you know it, it really wasn't at, at peril. It was just it was just the superheroes slugging it out, slugging it out. And that's that's what I loved. So. This big bad, I was kind of like, well, first of all, you don't see him until the last, you know, quarter of the movie. So you think one guy is going to be the big bad and then they switch it for this other guy. So I didn't, I didn't really have a chance to fear him, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't have a chance to get emotionally involved in what he was going to do in the movie. Any, any, Rachel, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with you 100% about that. And also because once Doctor Strange actually comes in contact with him, he figures out how to defeat him so easily um, that, I mean, sure, it takes a little while for him to actually give up. But Doctor Strange is like, oh, I know what to do here. We're just going to – I'm just going to loop time forever and you're just going to get irritated with me. And want <laughs> <laughs> me to go away. Spoiler. Right. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, and and that worked. I, I mean that worked, which was also – that that to me was a little unsatisfying. No. So, um, T, and, T and Pip, real quick. We don't have spoiler alerts here. Everyone knows ah. it's, it's a three-day rule. I won't post <laughs> any spoilers within Fair three enough. days. Within three yes, days. We are definitely outside that. Yeah, we're outside of that, but that's fine. Okay, got it. Got it. Taylor, your thoughts? Well, I don't know if everyone else would have reacted the same way as I did, but my Dormammu looks like the pumpkin on fire headless horseman from <laughs> Sleepy Hollow Ichabod Crane. Like, that's, that's how I think of Dormammu. So when I saw that iteration with the kind of flowy face floating above the little ant that's Doctor Strange. I thought it was kind of cool, not quite what I was expecting. And, I mean, here's this super powerful being who enlists probably not the strongest ambassador to take over the world. So, to me, I was like, uh, Castilius, I'm like, eh, 
that's cool. You got your followers who seem to always pop up in twos and threes, even after they've been killed or <laughs> taken out of the picture. But just with Dormammu in that whole psychedelic, uh, this is the death realm. All of these dead planets are now living forever in death. That kind of confused me a little bit, but I, I just kind of wasn't intimidated. There, there was just this huge face and Dr. Strange was there like, yeah, I outsmarted you. I'm going to play this death game for a while. And, I just kind of felt I'm underwhelmed I mean, very clever, great way to do it. I thought the execution could a little bit better. Like, I don't know if he's going to have this galactic planet eating complex. If you're going to take over the world and it's going to be this world death defying epic climax, have him start coming into the earth or something, not just, Oh, Hi, Aunt Strange. What's going on? I'm just going to smite you, but, oh, you outsmarted me this time. I don't know. Just something about that didn't sit well. And, and my my thing with him was I thought Strange was already on the path to victory before the big bad even showed up. You know, he kind of figured mm-hmm. out to turn back time. But then you've got this epic creature who doesn't doesn't perceive time the way we do right he's he's not bound by time and it just seemed after 3 minutes he was like okay fine strange you win right i would have liked strange to have been like all right getting you know getting a little more tired and being like okay we've been at this for centuries can we come to an agreement now you know Something to let me know that he did more than just a dozen Groundhog Day takes. Hmm. It seemed a little brick and mortar. You know, this is me. This is what I do. Oh, no, we're caught in this time loop. In terms of character-wise, yeah, Dormammu's a Doctor Strange villain, but I thought they could have done it a little bit better if they brought someone in like Mephisto, who's basically the comic book version of the devil and makes bills for souls. That's how Ghost Rider uh, got his thing going. I-, I thought that would have been a really interesting take, especially moving into the Infinity Stones and having that kind of galactic, supernatural as- aspects melding together. Uh, for me, if you're going to bring in a big bad name like that, it got to be more impactful than what it was. Well, and it could also be all right, so the big bad agrees to leave and then come back. You know, maybe in Doctor Strange 2, the big bad comes back and is actually more bigger and badder. Yeah, but I'd be more interested in the Mordo aspect for Doctor Strange 2. Because you already have Thanos coming in as a huge galactic big bad that's going to take a bunch of people. So for me moving forward, they kind of overshot the run in this one. And Kenny, I think that that if they did that, it goes against what you were arguing earlier about how why are the stakes always have to be so high all the time? If they bring back the same villain, I mean, how do you make that any higher stake? Yeah, yeah, you can't make the stakes any higher than oh, he's going to destroy the world, and Doctor Strange just has to trick him. Okay. But you see this, but but this was how this was how I reacted to it. I made the bold assumption that they had been at it for centuries, uh, and and the way I was approaching it. Um, and Pip, cut me off if I'm. I will. If, if, I if will I'm, if I'm completely off on this, um, I I was approaching it the same way you would see the ending of Eureka, 
um, a, an okay. episode of Eureka in that in that. Yeah, you had all of these people who had, who had accepted, who had, who, had, who had lived and breathed magic for all these all these years. And then comes the new guy, Dr. Strange, who is who is kind of the he's he's kind of the 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 class underachiever. But he winds up thinking, oh, that's the solution right in front of me. And and he does what no one else figures out what to do because he's he's actually approaching it, not necessarily from a magic perspective, but from a time perspective, from a from a hardcore physics perspective. So I just assumed I just bought into it that yeah, they've been at this for centuries and Earth has just been frozen in time all this while. And because they're in a timeless realm and he's and he's controlling time and they're stuck in this loop, they've been at this for a long time. Because someone, uh, a, a big bad, that big and that bad, won't get irritated that quickly. You're going to be so, at it for a while. Yeah. So I'm figuring the more irritated he is, they're like, oh, man, they must be at the second or third century by now. Um, so that was the way I approached it. Okay. And the other thing, And the other thing, too, was is you had to have sort of the big bad being defeated by time because that is kind of what sets Mordo, when you look at it, that's what sets Mordo in his path. And now you've set it up. Instead of having the big bad coming back again, going, well, I'm ready for you now, Doctor Strange. Now they got to deal with Mordo, and Mordo. And and when you look at when you look at the movie on a whole, it's not just a journey for Doctor Strange. It's a journey for Mordo as well as the two of them, because you can see the two of them are getting pretty tight. Oh, um, yeah. In fact, in fact, I love the look. I love the look that che- well, uh, Chiwetel uh, gives uh, Benedict Cumberbatch when Cumberbatch says. I think this was a mistake. And and Chewizel just looks at him like, you think? And then <laughs> and then they wind up they wind up falling a few stories. But but again, that's that was the thing. They were they had a really nice chemistry, a really nice back and forth. Which will be nice for the next movie. Which is gonna be great for the next movie, I think. I might be the only one here, but I'm glad you brought up that relationship between them. Uh, I think I might have been the only one in the theater hoping that Doctor Strange failed, and Mordo had to come in to save the day. I still think he passed his whole "I am God's gift to man" and pretty much everything I do, especially driving this exotic car, which ends up screwing up my hands. But I can do anything I want. I was just waiting for him not to be the guy to save the day. I, I wanted him to be humbled, and that might just me wanting some big cold dish of karma to come slapping him in the face. But I just didn't want him to be the reason we were saved. But I really do. I really do think that this is this is part of that of that whole uh, story arc where where yeah, um, he's he was the outside guy. He knew nothing about this world. It was coming in cold, and and really when you look at when you look at his first big fight, he's kind of struggling through it. And so I I always felt that not kind of he does get stabbed in the head. That, that's so. true. That's true. He does. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. I take that back. Um, I mean, what I mean, the cloak saved his day. The day I personally think that that's most valuable player of the movie <laughs> is the cloak of levitation, bash, bashing that guy's head oh, against yeah. the floor, just like I'm like I want one of those cloaks. <laughs> definitely, definitely gets the sidekick of the year award. Uh, <laughs> um. No, I kind of, I kind of would have liked to. Now that Taylor brings it up, I kind of would have liked to have seen Strange fail a little bit more, have him struggle a little bit more. Um, what I will say though is, I am excited for because Mordo is looking like he is going to be the big bad in Doctor Strange too. 
And his sole purpose is now just to kill sorcerers. I do think that, you know, it's lowering the stakes. The stakes are not the world. It's individual sorcerers. And that makes and, me happy. And don't forget, and I think this is a um, this is a nice a nice seed that was planted for that confrontation between Mordo and Strange. Mordo says you got to fight like your life depended on it. And when Strange did take a life, he got into Mordo's face about it. He said, "You forget, I took an oath." Yeah. And now it's going to be the oath versus his survival. Mm. And yes. uh, and I and I think that that's going to feed into again. It's going to feed into his ego because I think what Strange wants to be. Is he wants to he wants to be able to hold that uh, that that power of life and death in his hands. He wants to be able to save to save lives, but he can't do it as a surgeon. But now he can do it as a as a as a sorcerer. Rachel, what do you think? Um, I agree that I like the idea of lower stakes in the next movie. Um, I do agree with you on that. Um, I you know I don't I'm I am curious going forward how it's going to work if he does have to kill more people. Um, like, is he going to freak out every time that happens? But or, or maybe they're just going to set it up so that in the next movie, it's more of like a cat and mouse back and forth between him and Mordo. And then, you know, the big battle is between the two of them, but there aren't a lot of casualties along the way. Makes sense. I would like to, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're going to pull it off because, you know, they usually do. They do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Uh, I want to I want to start getting to uh, wrapping up just because we've kind of we kind of chronologically went through the movie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Rachel, what about that final cutscene with Thor? Um, so I hope that that means that Doctor Strange does make an appearance in the next Thor movie, which would be great. Um, I want to know why Thor is bringing Loki to Earth. What's that about? Why? <laughs> We already learned that lesson. Um, <laughs> what's going on? Um, I actually, so when he, he says, whatever he says to him at first and he gives him the beer, I was really hoping he was going to give him a cup of coffee because my favorite part of the first Thor movie is where <laughs> he chucks the coffee and slams it on the ground and goes, another. So I really wanted that to be what happened, but obviously it wasn't. Um, but I'm, I'm ready for Thor for sure. Well, that's because the glass kept getting refilled. <laughs> I know. Um, T and Pip, what about you guys? I I'm ready for the uh, for the Thor extravaganza, and now they're adding Strange in there as well. That's pretty cool, especially since it's being directed by a New Zealand director. Just saying. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. I, I, hometown love, huh? I, I could, Well, you can see he direct, uh, Taika Waititi uh, actually directed that little cutscene at the end, oh, and nice. uh, you can see it's going to be funny. Yeah. Just see, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be humorous, which if, I like. If you, if you want to get more of the, of the director, if you want to get an idea of the director behind Thor Ragnarok, uh, we can we can recommend two movies. I'll recommend the first one. I'll let Pip recommend the second one. Um, the first one he directed was a terrific movie called What We Do in the Shadows. It is a it it, it is some basically some interviews with some vampires. Yeah, it's interview with a vampire meets this is Spinal Tap. <laughs> and I can I cannot stress how funny this movie is. Now the other movie though is the, very near and dear to Pip's the heart. O- the other one's called Hunt for the Wilder People, which is. Um... It's very New Zealand, but you get a, you get an example of, of what 
the sort of humor that can be injected into situations. And even though it's called Ragnarok, I think we're going to have a good time. I think it's going to be a <laughs> stitch, I, especially with some of the shenanigans that they've been getting up to behind the scenes. It's mm. been even funnier uh, stuff. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I, I want one of those mugs. I want a mug. Who is a giant refilling beer I know. Mug. I, I, I hope Fanboy Glass makes those because I want one. <laughs> I really want one. Taylor, what about you, man? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I kind of agree with you, Kenny, uh, about the whole end of the world. I mean, how many times, is there, how many different threats are there going to be with this end of the world gig? So I guess my biggest hope for Ragnarok is since they didn't bring it up in Civil War, uh, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic Scientist, uh, he built a robotic Thor, and his name was Ragnarok, and ended up going crazy and killing one of the heroes. But anyway, with uh, Bruce Banner going into the Ragnarok movie, my biggest hope is they create a robotic Thor, and they name him Ragnarok, and somehow that's incorporated into the movie. That's just my little bit. <laughs> that, that means double the the double the Hemsworth. Double the Hemsworth. I'm on, I'm on maybe, for that. Maybe that's they'll fine. bring in Liam. Maybe they'll bring in Liam if they, if they wrestle together. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I thought you. Oh wait, I thought you wanted. I thought you wanted Idris Elba, and uh, and and oh, he Chris can Hemsworth. jump into. That's okay. fine. <laughs> Three way wrestling. That's fine. There we go. All right, triple threat match. No. Uh, <laughs> all right. On that note. All right, where can we find everybody? T and Pip, what are your socials? What are your contacts? How can people get in touch with you? Don't ring that bell all the time, T. It'll be super annoying. <laughs> At pjvalentine.com, tmorris.com, and ministryofpeculiaroccurrences.com. If you can spell it, if you can't, go to our website and you can link back. But but you'll you'll find all of our show, yeah. social links from there. Twitters Absolutely, and the all the twinters and the Instagrams and the and the Snapchats and, the and all that stuff. The pin the oh pinning. We're everywhere. It's yeah, we're like kudzu. Uh, we're like kudzu <laughs> on social media. Um, so that's Excellent. where you can find us. And and then we have our our podcast called the Shared Desk at thesharedesk.com. Um, you'll hear, uh, you'll hear the bell there, uh, when they're, when they're, when there's plugs to be happening and, um, that's it. Yeah. So that's, and that's what we do. We, we, we nerd out on, on there and we also talk about our, our current projects as writers. Excellent. Excellent. Taylor, what about you, man? Uh, dumbbellsanddragons.com, <laughs> taylor.comicbookresearch at gmail.com. <laughs> Not quite always up to date, but on Twitter, at Tiolery38. Awesome. And Rachel, what about you? Uh, you can find me, uh, of course, uh, on dumbbellsanddragons.com. Um, <laughs> watch Westworld. Read our, read our Westworld recaps. Um, Ooh. Run, run into that universe with us, please. And I'm on Twitter at RachelLovesTV. Excellent. Excellent. And everyone else, you know where to find me. Search at dumbbellsdragon anywhere you need things and stuff. Let us know what you thought about Doctor Strange. We'd love to engage in the conversation. And other than that, have a great rest of your week. No matter what happens on Tuesday, this goes up Wednesday. And we will all get up and go to work just fine. And on that note, all right, everyone have a good one. Work out, nerd out.
Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.